Okay. Um, I've started reading a new book. Which is? Animal Farm by George Orwell. Welcome to the party. Well, <laughs> I've only just started it. Well, you know, the whatever generation I am, you're a zillennial, but uh, I was before that. Millennial. I'm a millennial, am I? Oh, no, I'm a millennial. I, okay, yeah. whatever I am. Um, everyone had to read this at school. It was, and it just, I think it was good for everyone to read it. Okay. If you read it and understood it. So what have you, how far have you read so far? No, I've only first couple of chapters, really. Mm. Yeah. Most average readers will do it in a day. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty easy to yeah. read along. It's, it's a it's, light it's, read. It's a good read. Yeah. Yeah, it's an easy read. Mm. With the, um, well, for, well, you've read the book, so for anyone who doesn't know it, maybe you can explain it a bit. Well, it is actually, um, it's pretty much a metaphor for the Russian Revolution. So... Um, that was that started basically around the end of World War One, and the uh, ruling class or the royal family of Russia were overthrown. They were murdered, um, and the Bolsheviks, I think it was, took over. So the communists took over, and they promised to get rid of the ruling class and make life better for the average person. And as it turned out, that didn't really happen. And you just replace one ruling class with another, and pretty much. The people with the, uh, they had good intentions, but once they found the power, they were just as bad as what preceded them. So that's pretty much the um, the book in a nutshell, but it's far more entertaining than that, and you'll you'll enjoy it as you get going. But, you know, and I was also watching the 1960s Star Trek during the week. So it got me thinking about, um, you know, stories and films that sort of predicted the future. And uh, I think Animal Farm is one of those because even though it was about events that had already happened, they've since happened time and time again. So it just history keeps repeating. Yeah, I mean, with Animal Farm, um, you know, the, the characters are all animals because the, the animals on the farm actually kick out the farmer and his family, who they, they were, say, the equivalent of the Russian royal family. And anyway, the pigs considered themselves, you know, the, the top dogs, so to speak, and they organised the rest of the farm to operate as normal. Um, they do as little work as possible and reap the benefits. So if that doesn't remind you of what's happening now, um, there's something wrong. Okay, well then, who's, who are the pigs? Well, I'd say a pig, a good example of a pig, rather than, you know, saying who the pigs are now, but a good example of a pig would be Barack Obama. Now, you're probably a bit young to remember when he got elected, but he sort of came in promising a better life for the average person. He was one of the average people, and he would come in and make life better for you. Um, and, well, when he came into power, he was worth about $3 million, maybe not even that. Uh, and after taking power and then getting out of office after two terms, he's now worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He holidays on islands with, you know, say Richard Branson, with the elites. He lives the lifestyle of an elite and he's left us all behind. So he could very much be described as a pig out of uh, Animal Farm. He certainly is a pig. Yeah. Oh, he is. But, and, and as you'll see in the book, and you probably haven't got to it yet, um, uh, where... When the pigs actually take over, because humans walked on two legs, they the mantra was, two legs bad, four legs good. 
So where that left the chickens, I don't know. But <laughs> but it was that was the thing. Four legs were good, two legs are bad. And you'll see how that is turned on its head uh, later in the book. And anyone that hasn't read it, seriously, get it out of the library or buy it online, read it, because everyone should read it and then you'll just have a different perspective on uh, on things. Very interesting. I'm uh, keen to uh, to have a read. Yeah, read I mean, with all the animals, I mean, you've got, um, I think the horse is called Major. No, um, no, no, no. Old Major is the pig. Is the pig. Yeah. Who's the horse? Who's... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the, the horse. Anyway, work horse he's yeah. a draft horse yeah. and he he's the working man and he does all the work. And they work him to the bone to provide for society. Yeah. And he never gets anything back. And then there's the chickens who go around um, parroting all the propaganda from the pigs and making everyone believe everything, which is not dissimilar to, say, the suburban white housewives in America who vote uh, for the Democrats, for example. You know, they just take what's fed to them. They watch The View and all those sort of shows. And, and they just, um, yeah, they just squawk about it without really knowing about it. And But, yeah, there's all sorts of animals and they... You know, I think there's a cat and dogs and they've all got their place and they're all probably pretty recognisable in society today. But, uh, that's just one of the books. But like I said, it it was made about the Russian Revolution, but it's I guess it's about um, the human condition and it just keeps repeating. So history is going to repeat itself, I think. Well, it's a, well famous, <laughs> it's a famous saying and it's pretty much proven true. But um, that's just one of, the, one of the books. And I mean... Then you can go on. I mean, the classic, which everyone's talking about at the moment, is 1984, which, again, same same author, Orwell. Yeah, I haven't read it, but yeah. yeah. I've read it, but a long time ago. But okay. pretty much what's happening today is what happened in 1984, where, you know, there was the state, um, they surveilled people, they monitored people, they controlled behaviour, they needed your compliance. And, you know, that you were... You lost your individuality, which probably is pretty, pretty much spot on for today, isn't it? Yeah, I have heard a little bit about the book. The people were heavily governed, weren't they? Yeah, it was uh, Big Brother. Big Brother, yeah. Well, yeah. the TV show Big Brother was actually named after that system, which it's uh, in the book. Big Brother is who listens and surveils everyone. Yeah, and um, a part of the book is one of the big parts of the book. I think is um, where they get to decide the truth. And so whatever they say goes. And there's parts of that are creeping in all around the world now. I mean, in Australia at the moment, the government are trying to have the power to say what's true and what's not on social media. Yeah. You know, And as we know over the past few years, what was today's misinformation is tomorrow's truth. So it's... You know, I don't think it's a very wise thing to let the government decide what's true. But, you know, the problem is, like, um, Denzel Washington, um, he came up with a really interesting thing. He said that, you know, if you don't read the newspaper today or watch the news, you're uninformed. But if you do, you're misinformed. And that's pretty much where we're at. Who knows what to believe anymore? Yeah. And, uh, but there's a lot of fake news out there and it's... Uh no matter what you do, you're going to be fed shit anyway. So. Well, you are. And it just depends on who's bringing it to you. And we've all seen those clips where there's, you know, 30 and 40 different newsreaders 
reading from the same script where they can actually synchronize them. And it's scary. So if you think that you're getting real news, you're not. You're getting its cookie cutter propaganda in a lot of cases. Absolutely. Uh, take, for example, the, the war over in Ukraine. Now, yeah. I do not believe a single thing that I see on the news or in the paper that comes out of that country. No. Or that war. Well, and, and all that's happening is, um, you know, you've got young Russians and, and especially a lot more Ukrainians, young men are getting killed. They're getting their arms and legs blown off. And for that reason, I'll be backing them in over the next few Special Olympics because they're producing <laughs> Olympians at enormous levels. That may sound funny, but you wait and see. Over the next three or four Olympics, how many Ukrainian men will be in those Special Olympics and the story will be they had their arm or leg blown off wow. in the war. I never thought it's, about that. It's flippant, but I bet it's true. You, <laughs> you wait and see. That's unbelievable. So that's your little prediction. That's my prediction. It's not what they set out to do. They didn't start the war to, to create special Olympians, but I think it's going to be a byproduct. And we'll get the heroic stories. Yeah. Someone's you know crossing the line in the wheelchair marathon and he was a corporal in the ukrainian army and had both legs blown off or something do you think that can't happen it definitely can yeah 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 so and actually watching the athletics at the moment there's a lot of ukrainian athletes just in the normal like diamond league diamond league athletics they're really good are they yeah yeah, yeah. they're not training in ukraine though <laughs> although some of the sprinters do because you know they're running for their lives <laughs> so the training is really good <laughs> <laughs> they just they they just have the starting gun there on the front and they say go <laughs> well it's just one way to train <laughs> and the hurdle is like a jumping bodies when you got to laugh about it because it's so idiotic. I mean, there is no good reason for that war to be happening. No. no because what, what are the reasons that, say, the Americans say, for example, what should be happening? They're saying it's good for democracy. It's not a tangible thing, is it? A tangible thing would be spend the money at home on stuff to improve your own country. That's tangible. But good for democracy? Well, whatever. Yeah, but Ukraine, like, they know that they can't beat Russia. They can't. They can't. So you're not going to push your friend to fight somebody that you know that he can't beat. Well, has that ever happened at school? I mean, you might have had a bully and everyone wants him, everyone wants him to be beaten up. So they egg you on and send you back in. You get beaten up. No, you can do it. Get back in there. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And that's what's happening. We'll give yeah. you $8 billion. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, and then... It, it will it will eventually end. I mean, you've get. I mean, have a look at BlackRock, for example. You know, all right. Who's BlackRock? For no, well, anyone, anyone who doesn't know who black what BlackRock is, well, please explain. BlackRock is the biggest corporation in the world, and it manages about I think it's either ten or thirteen, but I think it's ten trillion trillion as in dollars in assets. Okay, and they're ranked in the world behind two countries. As being for their wealth, and that is America and China. 
behind that, they're richer than every country in the world. What? And this is a company. Yeah, it's a company. It's and, a company. Yeah, yeah. and the, the problem with that company is that they take advantage and they manipulate every situation. Like, people don't understand that, but well, some people understand, but the Ukraine is one of the best grain-growing regions in the world, in Russia. All that grain has now stopped being grown and is not, it can't be shipped out because all the ports are mined. And guess who bought all the grain futures? BlackRock. Our friends at BlackRock. Our friends. Our friends. <laughs> now, if we speak badly of BlackRock, they'll either assassinate us <laughs> or pay us out. <laughs> either or. <laughs> but, you know... I'd be happy with a payout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the funny thing is, like, the CEO of BlackRock has, I think, one of the worst names. Like, their PR department, seriously. His name is Larry Fink. Could you come up with a more evil name for the head of a corporation than Larry Fink? Larry Fink. Now, I think if it was his name was given a makeover, I'd be say be saying something like Bobby Good Vibes. <laughs> <laughs> just make it friendlier and nicer. But um, no, they're just evil. And you know, talking about corporations, I mean, we move on to another book that's sort of prophetic. Is Soylent Green. Soylent Green. Now, Soylent Green. I've never heard of this. So. Soylent Green was a movie made in 1973. Charlton Heston was the main star. He sort of started everything in those days, Planet of the Apes, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, very famous actor. And he was actually, uh, I think, head of the NRA in America, the National Rifle Association. All right. And he was the one that talked about his, they had to take his gun out of his cold, dead hands. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, Soylent Green, um, which was made in 1973, about 50 years ago, was set in the year 2022. And it was set in New York and society had collapsed completely. There was pollution. The resources had all been used. Society collapsed. Anyway, um, the government were controlling um, everyone through what they ate, for example, and the food source I had, the only food source I had was Soylent Green. <laughs> and everyone needed Soylent Green. It's pretty good, pretty tasty. Like a drink or something, is it? Oh, I think it was just a food, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen the movie for a long time. But um, anyway, they ran out of Soylent Green. Um, and so society had totally collapsed. But Charlton Heston, the main actor, he was investigating Soylent Green. Turns out it was made of people. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not saying we've reached that point yet in the world, but I think anyone over 40 would agree that society sort of has collapsed to how we knew it. Um, you go to the supermarket now and there's this meat substance that's made in laboratories. Oh, lip, oh plant-based meat. Yeah, but, like. well, is it plant-based? I don't know. Is it, but, I don't know. But you said, you know, we haven't got to that, but why can't we get to well, that stage? We could. So Why can't we? Yeah, so pretty much that, that movie, though, the... The main thrust of it is is that corporations rather than governments run the world. So when you look at things like the Ukraine war um, and decisions being made, when you've, got, when you've got corporations that are wealthier than most countries, they can own all the politicians and the, then, who then make the decisions on their behalf. And you have to say that on the evidence that you can see for yourself if you look in the right places, that's happening. So, you know, Bobby Good Vibes just goes and buys <laughs> grain futures. 
<laughs> and and they don't let the politicians stop the war. No. Your arms manufacturers, whatever, they don't let it stop. So, yeah, that, yeah, there's and funny enough, like the collapse of society in 2022 was exactly when COVID hit. Um, was it? Or was COVID nine? Uh, well, well, we were still in sort of lockdowns and stuff like that. Yeah, but it really settled in, didn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. So I think that was quite funny in that. Yeah, but speaking of predictions, like I'm myself am. Uh, quite skeptical when it comes to predictions of the future and say conspiracies and blah mm. blah 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 but um are these predictions are they are they just mere coincidences well also they could say a lot of things and then when things happen you can say, oh look at they predicted it well they probably didn't but something like it happened yeah or you can you can sort of i mean like we're just talking about soil and green it's sort of the truth but it's not exactly right. But hey, it's good enough for today. <laughs> yeah. But take uh, John Lennon, for example. Now, yep. he was doing an interview back in the 60s. Yeah. And uh, he was asked, oh, how could you picture your death? Uh, which is a bit strange for an interview to say. Mm. But um, he said, oh, I don't know, I'm probably going to get gunned down by some lunatic. Yeah. And he, he did uh, 20 years later. So He did get shot. But there is a chance he actually dived in front of the bullet because he just had enough of Yoko Ono. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think I would have done that for sure. She wasn't a very attractive woman, was well, she? It's just not just that; she was really annoying, and um, yeah, and a bit of a weirdo. Mm. Yeah, but John Lennon was a bit of a weirdo. Yeah, but he was a wealthy, famous weirdo, so he had a lot to live for. But mm. you know, unfortunately, gunned down and unfortunate. Yes, but there's some. There are some great coincidences, like uh, even in U.S. presidents. Mm. Do you know any of them? Like uh, J- uh, Kennedy yeah. and Lincoln had some incredible oh, they did. similarities. Yeah. But then, if you look closely enough, I mean, yeah, they both got shot. Yeah. So yeah, but um, there was apparently his Lincoln's wife got interviewed after the incident, and the uh, reporter said, um, "Asked the question." Aside from the obvious, how was the night at the theatre? <laughs> Not sure if that happened. But... <laughs> no, I, I, I saw that somewhere. It was, I, I found it pretty funny. We might need to fact check that one. <laughs> but no, I, I did see that. It was only pretty recently and I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. So whoever said that, that was pretty funny. I've actually got an unbelievable coincidence here for you. Um, it is involving a name, and that name is Hugh Williams. Right, so on the 5th of December, 1664, a ship sank on the Menai Strait off the coast of Wales. Now, 81 people died, and there was only one survivor, and that was Hugh Williams. Right, on the same day, in 1785, another ship sank on the Menai Strait, uh, 60 people died. There was only one survivor. That was Hugh Williams. Right? On the same day again, um, in 1820, another ship sank on the Menai Strait. Uh, 25 people died. And there was only one survivor. That was Hugh Williams. Uh, so December the 5th, pretty big day there. But um, on the 10th of July, 1940, a British trawler boat was destroyed by a German mine. Uh, there was only two survivors, both named Hugh Williams. 
No, that's crazy. That, yeah, that, that would have to be the biggest coincidence in the history of the world. It'd have to be. That's that's out of control. That is nuts. Yeah, I, so. I can't believe that. But if you say it's true, I'll have to go with it. And that's just the biggest coincidence in world history. It's yeah. So you, you don't even have to. You can't even bother looking for coincidences after that because nothing could top that. I don't know. I don't think so. No. Well, there was that guy that got struck by lightning mm. over in the UK. Did you hear about that? He got struck by lightning three times in his life. Right. Yeah. And then when he died, his um his gravestone got struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> He was basically a human conductor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and coincidentally, he was a train conductor. <laughs> I'm not sure if he was or not. But that, that again, that's, a, that, that's still, that's not a patch on Hugh Williams. No, nah, Hugh Williams, that's, is it coincidence or is it luck? You know, mm. superstitious name, really, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is, be. you know. Anyway, moving on to stories that sort of predict the future. I'm sort of going more along the lines of, um, like, uh, the next story I'm going to say is the Emperor's New Clothes, which pretty much is a human mindset, you know, but it happens, it keeps happening, you know. Like, in the, If you ha- are not familiar with the story, okay, um, there's a king, he wants the best new clothes, this tailor comes along and says he makes the best new clothes only problem is if you can't see his clothes there's something wrong with you you're an idiot right so he, he doesn't make any clothes at all so this emperor is wearing all these great clothes but he's actually just prancing around the nude and everyone's told that if you can't see these clothes you're an idiot so everyone goes along with it he's having parades and whatever and uh, in the nude and everyone's commenting on how good his clothes are until a small child points it out and uh, and says, you know, he's wearing nothing. He's in the nude. And then all of a sudden everyone, yeah, he is. And that's what I think we're at in society today, you know. We're up as down, black as white. It's things that we know are obvious are no longer obvious. So whether he, it's, you say, it's predicted the future, but it just keeps happening. So that's for me is another story like that. That's very interesting. Yeah. So the the more the more that you see of something, the more normal it becomes. Yeah. Well, that that book I think was written in the eighteen eighties. I think it's Hans Christian Andersen, a Danish guy. Um, but it stands the test of time. I mean, it's just true today. You can see uh, examples of that. You know, in today when we stuff that was accepted as fact when we were younger is now not right. And, um, yeah, I think it's the Emperor's New Clothes. Because if, if you can't see the new truth, well, there's something wrong with you. One of my favourite movies that has told the future, and this is very accurate, is Happy Gilmore. Now, and if you don't like golf, whatever, you, you still love Happy Gilmore as a movie where you've got Adam Sandler, consider himself a hockey player, needs to make some money to buy to make sure he can buy his grandmother's house. and um, But he can hit a... He can hit a puck, so he can hit a golf ball, as he finds out. So he, he goes on the PGA Tour, and because you know, he likes drinking and dresses daggly, and all the people that like him love drinking and are loud, which pretty much is what live golf is. So Adam Sandler is live golf, <laughs> and his main opponent, Shooter McGavin, 
is the establishment. <laughs> that is so so accurate. It's not funny. <laughs> Just one of the great movies. But yeah, anyway, brilliant, brilliant. but Shooter McGavin is the establishment of golf. You know, very stiff and. They dress a certain way, they behave a certain way, the club members are a certain way, and they're never going to change. But then in comes Happy Gilmore, and guess what? Happy wins. And as we know, live golf is one. So tell me that that's not to prophesize in the future. It's exactly right. I think. When's the last time you saw Happy Gilmore? Oh, it would have been probably 12 months ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it should be an annual event. And actually, again, one of the things they should have in schools. So, <laughs> I, 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 if I think there's things like you know, animal farmers certainly that should go back into the curriculum. Yeah. I think a lot of teachers probably wouldn't like it now, but that should be there. Happy Gilmore should be there, yeah. and uh, I think I, I can only imagine what trash they're reading today. Yeah, I, I don't know. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I have grandchildren now and they're reading whatever that trash is but um mm. i don't know i just yeah you, as your kids grow up you sort of get out of the what's going on in schools yeah so have you got anything else that you think um would say be predicting the future predicting the future not really i mean i can touch on the simpsons but i don't really want yeah. to i mean look the, some of those coincidences on the simpsons are pretty crazy like with trump on the elevator and uh, yeah lots of things but they've done so much that you know the, there's a lot of stuff they say they predicted the future but when you do so much of course they're going to get eventually get things right so well that's right you hmm. give you given an infinite amount of monkeys a typewriter yep You'll eventually come across a Shakespeare monkey. Yeah, you will. Well, yeah, just he'll tap the keys in the right order, and eventually it'll happen. Yeah, based on infinity, you yeah. will you will find a monkey that will write a Shakespeare play. Mm. So, is it something like that? Is it? Yeah. Is it? I don't yeah. know, but I just I, will I it be about I, bananas? <laughs> <laughs> my one of my least favorite animals are monkeys. Why? Chimpanzees in particular. They're just evil. Have you seen the documentaries where the chimpanzees hunt little monkeys? No. Oh, it's foul. They, they get in groups and they chase these little monkeys and they they chase them and push them off big high trees and they die because they fall off. Cross. And they pick them up and they throw And what they do is they collect the dead monkeys and once they're finished hunting, they get in a group and eat them. Oh. That's cannibal awful. monkeys. Well, the the chimpanzees they're eating a different species, I guess, but pretty damn similar. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. not not much fun. Bit of soylent green monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it is. They they don't care. They love it. Uh, so it's, but it's, I actually was unfortunate enough to have to work near some chimpanzees one time. What? Uh, Wait, at a zoo. Yeah, I, when I was. Um, I was, there was after a cyclone in Rockhampton and they have a zoo there and there's a chimpanzee cage and like the cyclone had wreaked havoc and uh, there was some bird cages and things that were totally wrecked, covered in debris and everything and we had to clean them up and fix them up. Anyway, um, the chimpanzees were still in the cage and we had to be addressed on how to behave around the chimpanzees. Like you never got anywhere near 
the chimpanzee enclosure because they sit there and watch you all day. And if they ever get a chance, if they can grab a loose piece of your clothing, they'll drag you in and they bite you. They're just horrible individuals. That, <laughs> that's frightening. Like, I hate those mm. gorillas, like those, yeah. you know, the big silverback ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez, they, they scare the death out of me. Yeah. Like, um, but what about the chimpanzees as pets who've, you know, savaged their owners? Yeah, but that's stupidity. Yeah. Who the fuck has a chimpanzee as a mm. pet? Like, and, and if you do, like, you don't use a banana chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> causes big problems alrighty well on that note we better wrap it up so uh, we hope you enjoyed and uh, stay tuned and we'll be back again next time <laughs>